Welcome to the Industrial Automation Insider. I'm Jim Witherspoon, and in the next several minutes, I'm going to explain one of the many reasons why you need to do your research about industrial automation. It doesn't seem like it's been that long since everyone was talking about the need for speed. The only way to get more orders out the door was to move faster, they would say. But you and I both know that speed isn't always the problem or the solution. Yes, you need to increase throughput in your operation, but you can't afford to sacrifice any accuracy or control for the sake of that speed. That's kind of why automation is so appealing. It reduces and often eliminates the risk of human error, which tends to slow down operations. Whenever a mistake is made, someone must stop whatever they're doing and go out and make things right. This halts progress towards the desired outcomes and getting more product out the door. It's definitely not what you're looking to do. But as we discussed before, automation by itself is not a solution. There's so many different ways to automate workflows, and there are too many opportunities to miss the mark by one automating one and not automating another, right? So you have to constantly be on the lookout to do what's right for your business. For example, automating material handling is great and necessary, but if you only automate that and leave the visual inspections, inventory counts, decision-making up to the people, you're not going to get as much done in a day, and things aren't going to get right the first time. It's not what you're looking for. That's why industrial automation is becoming vital to the success of your business, and barcode reading is part of that, right? It's been part of retail forever. You need to be able to have and meet service level agreements without sacrificing margin. And then you have to grow and find ways to use machine vision and imaging systems to directly influence and grow those capabilities. Here to talk about some of those capabilities is Andy Zolzel, who spent the last 25 years overseeing engineering and manufacturing for Omron Americas. During that time, Andy has led Delta Tau, a family of motion control, hardware, and software products, as well as Microscan, a market-leading machine vision business. He directed and developed some of the most innovative products you'll see there on the market, including the first combination code reader and machine vision smart camera, the first liquid lens autofocus code reader, and the first browser-based onboard user interface. During that time, he has been granted multiple patents and is considered a very great innovative thinker. So who better to talk about leveraging industrial automation than Andy based off of that very awesome background? Plus, if you haven't heard yet, Andy has just joined Zebra as the Senior Vice President of Data Capture and Machine Vision, which is a very big deal for both Zebra and our customers and partners. Well, hey, Andy, I know you're still getting settled in here, but I'd love to talk to you about some of your vision for both the company and industrial automation overall. Um, also get your insights to some context of what customers and, and what the business is, is doing, if that's all right with you. Yeah, that sounds great, Jim. I'm uh, really looking forward to having a little conversation here. I'm excited to be with Zebra and excited about our future. So, yeah, let's get into it. Well, it's great to have you here. Uh, I know you've been in the automo industrial automation space for over two decades now, all right? So you've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly of all the technologies, everything that's out there. Uh, you've seen some of the best practices and everything like that. But what about vi machine vision and industrial automation draws you in day after day? Why do you keep coming back and working in the space and, and, and being involved with it all the time? Yeah, I think um, it's, it's, it's really a fun industry. It's constantly evolving, like you, like you know, and, and, you know, there's a lot of really neat technologies and things we can make happen and solving customer pain points and, and uh, creating really cool solutions. Um, and, and, you know, obviously customers are top priority and the technology is great. But I think the big thing that comes back to is, is the teams, right? The people that we work with and how we work together to solve, you know, not only within 
the company, but with our partners and and with our customers to kind of create these these awesome solutions that that really ultimately make our our, our customers and and hopefully uh, everyone's lives better on any day. So it's to me, it's about the people bringing those teams together and and how we can solve some of these uh, technically challenging uh, uh, situations. Oh, that's great. When you talk about the people, I know throughout your career, you know, you've had numerous conversations with business leaders in manufacturing and probably in warehousing, transportation, logistics, retail, and healthcare, right? When you, when you talk to those people, you know, do they have common pain points or do you see them having different needs? Well, you know, what's your take on that? Yeah, it, you know, it's easy to make sometimes broad generalizations, and we see that in kind of the macroeconomics. But once you dive in and get to the actual line level or the specific application with a customer, you realize certainly there's common areas, but each challenge, each situation is a little bit unique. And I think that's where some of the fun comes in as well, right? Is you get to kind of apply what you've already seen. Hey, you know, this uh, electronics manufacturer is doing it this way. Maybe we can try that at this automotive, but yet it's still a unique situation. There's, you know, different volumes, different challenges. And and so that's that that makes it quite enjoyable. Um, you know, obviously each each application is unique, as I said, but then um, the technologies that we're deploying are also evolving. So, you know, we obviously need to have a kind of a continuous kind of learning of what the latest technology is and what's coming out from research and development and new products and capabilities and be able to apply those with with the customers. So, yeah, it's 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 been interesting in that regard. Well, very good, because that kind of leads me to my next question is that, you know, with any anytime someone wants to buy technology, they're always afraid that it's going to become obsolete in the next few years or in a few months, right? So how could customers, whether it's manufacturing, transportation, or logistics, avoid overbuying right now, but still be able to future-proof their systems? Yeah, that's, that is a challenge with technology. And, you know, clearly you have to have a, a mindset of, you know, it's not one and done. You're not just going to buy technology today and it's going to be good for the next 20 years. Um, at the same time, you know, creating systems that are somewhat scalable and modular, you know, taking an approach that, you know, we want to solve the problem end to end, but also that a lot of the technologies, a lot of the pieces of the solution, if implemented correctly, can be reused or can be future-proofed or at least upgraded in the future with additional uh, especially software, but even even hardware, right? Hardware modulization, you know, a basic vision system has, you know, kind of just a few key hardware components and those pieces are evolving, but we design our systems such that we try to make them as kind of modular and scalable as possible. And I think that's what can help our customers to upgrade or to evolve their applications as, as their challenges uh, continue to evolve. Excellent. You you said the word modularity a few times. It's one of the, to me, the biggest used words in, in vision systems, probably because like you mentioned, it, it's so important. Uh, if you had to pick one of the biggest benefits of a modular system to solve a problem once and for all, you know, is it the software, hardware, lens, light? What is it to you? Is it, is it a combination of them all? How's that, how's that go down? Yeah, I think, I think ultimately um, the modularity of the entire system, you know, especially in the software arena, 
uh, you know, is 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 where modularity plays a big a big part. Um, and you know, certainly lighting technologies continue to evolve. Um, lensing technologies, you know, get fine tuned, and, and different things like autofocus liquid lenses and things come into play. Uh, we can all really easily see the advances in image sensors and higher resolutions, and of course, different different uh, wavelengths of light and whatnot. But I think ultimately, you know, the the software modularity and the ability to bring in new uh, software capabilities into the same system is probably one of the most key areas uh, for, for modularity and scalability in, in, in machine vision systems specifically. Yeah, I think that's a good point with the advent of SWEAR 3D and all these new technologies growing. I think that's a, that's a really good a good point that you can keep plugging those new systems, those new technologies that come in and, and plug them right into that software. So that's, uh, I like that. That's really cool. Yeah, and our our software, you know, with with uh, some of the investments we've made in AI and and deep learning and whatnot, you know, we've we've gone to uh, creating some capabilities that our our customers can use, um, you know, like our new deep learning OCR capability that you know eventually we'll be able to deploy on on you know almost all of our systems, everything from smart cameras to to handhelds and and different products and. And it's amazing technology. So it's it's great that we can take some of those legacy, maybe previously designed and deployed systems, and and take this new technology and software and and help our customers solve new new applications and scale with it. Yeah, that's really cool. You mentioned uh, that kind of plays into creating a solution, right? So you mentioned some edge devices, some different technologies and software, and in, in your previous statements about modularity and all that that sort of good stuff. What does a complete solution look like to you? What what gives that operations manager or controls engineer that capability to solve a problem now? Maybe find some new problems to solve and and, and fix their processes. What's what's that? What's a complete solution look like to the to the market in your opinion? Yeah, I think ultimately each each application that we talked about um, earlier is unique, uh, and and the it's it's really important for that uh, business owner on our customer side to understand what they're trying to solve and for us to be really engaged with them and our partners you know system integrators etc to understand okay what is the business challenge we're trying to solve you know it, it can be multiple factors but typically there's kind of a primary driver of what that business problem is whether it's automating a process to reduce the number of, of uh, laborers involved, whether it's trying to drive for a level of quality and reliability. And I think that kind of North Star of what we're trying to achieve is something that's that has to be well understood for all the team. I go back to kind of that team working together around it. Because if, if it's a little bit unclear, it's really easy to kind of, for the technology, just because there's so many different ways we can use the technology, for it to kind of go off and 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 solve a problem that may be a problem or yeah, but it's not the primary driver for why they're implementing the solution in the first place. Um, so I think having that clarity of what the business problem is and making sure that the requirements are, are pretty clear up front can help really drive that solution. Then when you have that clarity, you can create the solution um, that is always aligned with that business problem. You know, if, if it's all about throughput and getting higher speed, 
then we can choose, you know, the right technologies, you know, brighter lights and wow. and you know, faster uh, processors and, and faster sensors, et cetera, that connect all the dots to solve that problem. But I think it goes back to make sure that we understand clearly what is our customer's challenge and, and what is that solution. So then when you put all these pieces together, because there's so many options, you even mentioned a few emerging technology and whatnot, it's important then we can put those pieces together to eventually solve that problem and make sure that we can solve it. And there's always a good process to do that, right? You talked about kind of the the steps in the process. Typically, you know, we don't just have it go to the customer and have them throw them over the wall. Here's our requirements list and, and come back six months later and, and say, here's your solution. Right? Usually it's a much better process of collaborating with the customers, doing some proof of concepts, trying some things out, validating, coming back, you know, and working through that process with the customer. And it, it de-risks the deployment as well, right? Uh, it, it, sure. You know, doing that prototyping, you know, big fan of, uh, you know, fail fast type mentality and, and making sure that we're working with the customer early and often. Um, and, and and really, again, that, that teamwork together. Yeah, during that great answer, you, you talked about one of my favorite phenomena that machine vision and, and fixed industrial scanning shows. And it, it talks about, uh, some people call it expanded visibility. Like how, how you think you know your process, right? And you think you know how well your parts are and you think it's the same looking part in each every time it comes by the line. But uh, machine vision tells you it's not, right? Because it uses those inspections. Maybe your metal's a different shade and you don't know it. So, so what have you seen that gives users expanded visibility in the machine vision world? What, what have you seen uh, throughout your experiences, you know, and, and how can they, you know, use it to solve, like you mentioned, the, their keystone problem, but what else can you get out of machine vision uh, or what other things have you seen that customers could take advantage of that they normally can't or think about yeah. when they, they think about a system? Yeah, I think back to different times earlier in my career when we were deploying machine vision systems like we talked about. And, um, basically the camera's always on, always looking at the product, right? And it, it sees things like you say that that customer, the 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 uh, end end user may not even know that's happening. So, you know, they find out different things like um, you know, all of a sudden the machine vision systems rejecting all these parts or something, they're they're frustrated by it and you know, they're ready to take it off, and then they start looking at the images and they realize Oh yeah, you know the the label's completely torn in this area, and we never even noticed that. And it's been going out to customers, and and customers, you know, might have not cared about it too much, but you know, there's a perception issue. You know, I, I think back to an automotive example where you know it wasn't a huge deal, but um, you'd open up the hood of this brand new, you know, eighty thousand dollar car, and there's a label on the engine control module, and everything's nice and pristine under the hood. But the label on the engine control model is is kind of askew, and it just gives a bad impression to the end user to, to their customer. So there's some kind of soft benefits of finding these little nuances in the process where, oh yeah, we could actually orient that label, and it just gives a better impression of quality and whatnot. Even though, you know, it's it's not actually a you know physical hard quality uh, a limitation, but mm -hmm. it can improve even some of the perception of you know things are lined up and and little little defects and things that can be found by machine vision that you know typically an operator or you know a standard process they would just let go go through so you know machine vision kind of takes that next step of of visibility um and you know it's not just about you know 
giving a, a, a go no go. It, it sometimes it can it can provide a real uh, visibility into the process, and and especially if you start to look at some of the rejects or failures, you can really use that for analysis and and how to how to take the operation to the next level. No, I couldn't agree more, especially when you're a user or consumer and you're trying to buy a product. There's nothing worse than something just not being right on it, especially when you spend all the time investing, uh, researching. So, yeah, I, that's great. That was a great answer. So um, the next question, right? So machine vision, is it mature enough today, right? How well do you see it? Do you, do you see what's the next step of it, I guess, right? Is it good enough to just look at an item and say, yes, it's good, no, it's bad, or there's more refinement needed that are certain industries it works better for than others. Where, where do you think machine vision and, and barcode reading are today? Yeah, I think, I mean, there is so many applications, use cases for machine vision across so many different industries, and it's really expanding, you know, again, with, with, you know, like you said, some of the uh, advent and, and the uh, economics of some of the advanced technology coming into play, some of the the multispectral wavelength technology cameras and whatnot that are available that that historically would be only you know lab based and, and expensive, and you combine that with a, you know continuing advancement of traditional uh, software algorithms. You add in AI and deep learning and all the capabilities there. The 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 applications for the technology have continued to expand. And um, and yet there's still areas where it applies and where it doesn't apply, you know, and, and we at Zebra have a really nice set of, of portfolio of products, you know, based on our adaptive vision and our matrix uh, acquisition. In addition to a lot of things that we've done organically, you know, we've got a very uh, strong set of products that we can apply, um, you know, a lot of times, you know, the need for machine vision comes down to some basics of you know, measurement, identification, uh, robot guidance, and um, and just giving that inspection uh, visibility. So, depending on the application, we can deploy different tools from a toolbox to 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 make sure that we can meet those expectations. But it's not, you know, like any technology. There's always limitations. So knowing how to work with our customers to understand, okay, what are you trying to achieve? Here's our toolbox today, and being realistic with them, I think, it is 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 a key for us. Even though we've got this massive capability, there's still limitations there, and and, and balancing that capability with the customers' needs is is critical. And I think our team does a great job of of working with customers and partners. Uh, you know, that's one of the things that. Uh, Zebra's always been known for, right? And something we will continue is to to work closely with our partners, whether they're system integrators or other types of value add partners, to make sure that we're creating a solution together with those partners and with the mm -hmm. customer that that can meet the application needs. And and then being honest when hey, it, it machine vision's not the right technology, but maybe it's some other technology, right? Maybe maybe they can do it with a simple barcode or even RFID. And the, that's another great part about what we have at Zebra is we're not just limited to machine vision technologies. Unlike uh, some of our peers in this space, we have a whole suite of other technologies, you know, such as RFID that we can deploy and solve these applications and we can pick the right technology for the right application. Yeah, so to me, it sounds like that, that goes back to our previous conversation of modularity and scalability, 
right? And, and, and taking that beyond vision with the full Zebra portfolio. So that's pretty cool. Um, you know, I, I guess to double down on that is if a machine vision system can adapt or play with those other systems or, or playing the part of, of, of the system, you know, that, that, that could be a real problem for a user, right? Uh, you know, when you're talking about a solution cell, you need to be able to interface with all the other technologies and, and even all the other stuff Zebra does. How important is that today in the market? Yeah, I think there's a couple of um, answers to that. You know, I think the biggest challenge is, and it's easy for us as manufacturers and deliverers in these systems to forget this, but, you know, these customers have to live with this technology, you know, in their life from here on out. We go in, we work with our partners, we deploy it. We, you know, we, we maybe go through the kind of validation phase, but once it's signed off, typically us and our partners, you know, hand it over to our end customers and then they have to live with it, right? They have to figure out um, if they're introducing a new part or something, how do we validate it and different things like that. And, and so if you've got all these different technologies and they each have their own interface, they each have their own, you know, manuals and methodologies and whatnot. You can imagine the strain that puts on the process engineers and the control engineers and those that are tasked with both updating and maintaining these. So I think the more we can make our systems both compatible with all the other systems around it, whether it be, you know, the line automation pieces like PLCs and conveyors and whatnot, or other technologies like RFID and mobile computing, you know, those are the things that can make our customers' lives easier, not only in the deployment phase, but also the, the long-term sustainability phase. And, and, you know, it's not like engineers are, are everywhere and available, right? These are scarce resources that have that uh, technology knowledge at our customers. So the more we can make it uh, easy for them and common set of tools and, and capabilities and and have that trust and confidence, you know, that I think uh, Zebra as a provider of printing and scanning solutions, historically we've shown that we can create a solution that can have an extremely high reliability and quality because we've done all the testing for it. So we can create a reliable solution for our customers and, and they can have a little bit more trust and confidence than they would if they wouldn't deploy, you know, just any brand of, of machine vision. Oh, that's great. Um, you've mentioned a few times how, you know, we're just getting started, right? Um, so you know, we're going to continue to add technologies, add features, uh, just like you mentioned on the integration side, add things that make those lives of those controls engineers and, and people installing these systems easier. Um, so, so to me, that really goes to future proofing, right? It's kind of that buzzword we used earlier today. Um, normally, some people think, you know, when you future proof, it means you never have to replace something that lasts forever. Is that your description of future proofing, or, or do you see it differently? Yeah, I think in general, you know, like we said, you know, there's nothing that obviously lasts forever per se, but you know, you can do certain things to pick a better or uh, tech, uh, more reliable technology today. I mean, you know, you can almost always buy something that's cheaper. Think about, you know, cars, right? If 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 you want, you can get a pretty inexpensive car and, and go buy a used car or whatever, and you can pay a low price, but then all of a sudden you're replacing the wheels, you're replacing this, replacing that, and all of a sudden your total cost of ownership is much higher than if you just, you know, made it a little bit more up for an investment. And I think that's true in our industry as well, you know, typically 
Zebra and some of our, our uh, peers have higher quality systems. We use components and electronics and design our systems to be a higher quality level so that they can last within that situation. We're used to working uh, with our customers in industrial markets like printing in other areas, and we're applying some of those same standards. So that's one part of future proofing. The other is, as we talked about earlier, kind of that technology evolution of how do you make sure you pick a partner that is investing in this market uh, from like a software development, technology development. I think Zebra has shown that we are investing in uh, in software development. We're investing in uh, uh, hardware evolution. We're investing in those areas. So if you know that your partner or your vendor for these type of technologies is investing in the area, it gives you more confidence that the systems you're designing today, they're going to be with you as a partner as they evolve into the future. And, and it may not be that you can just keep everything you put on your line forever, but at least you know that some of that's going to be reusable or the training that you've done with that product, it's going to be applicable because, you know, there's a whole iceberg model, right? Of the deployment and the hardware is just the tip of the heart iceberg. It's, it's, it's about training and process and understanding. There's so many other pieces to the system than just the mm -hmm. physical hardware that you see on the line. No, oh, that's great. That's great. Um, you know, just to, to recap on some things, right? I want to I want to focus on your business leadership, right? Uh, you've been in this business again for for over two decades now. You probably know every value proposition for every machine vision and imaging system there is to know out there. You probably know all the marketing jingles throughout the past that, that everyone's put together. Uh, but let's think about our, our, our friends, the operation managers, the controls engineers. If you had one thing to, to to talk to them about and that they needed to take to heart, what, what message would that be? Because those are the people you mentioned that are in the trenches, the ones that are are being hammered on to get production through, to get you know their short staff trying to keep things running or keep the lights on, if you will. You know, what what's one piece of advice you could give those uh, those frontline uh, leaders? Yeah, I think in general, you know, they're under a lot of pressure. Right, They've, there's there's all kinds of uh, dynamics in the business. You know, whether it's the ability to to scale both up and down, uh, whether it's the ability to be efficient and effective and and maintain quality. Um, and I think in that case, you know, it's really good to have a partner. Uh, to have a partner both from a system integrator, line builder, OEM, but also from your 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 basic technology vendors. And it's easy in this day and age when everything's available on the web and you can just go buy stuff, uh, you know, and, and bring it in and, and um, build the parts and pieces yourself um, to, to create a solution. But then who's going to maintain that? Who's going to be the partnership with that? So I think, you know, what I would say is going back to kind of that team approach, choose some partners, whether it's vendors, system integrators, et cetera, that are going to be reliable and in it for the long term with you and a partnership model. Um, and they, you know, we love to help our customers create solutions that help their operations and finish the job, right? And, um, you know, we are partner focused, we are team focused at Zebra. Uh, and, and, and so, you know, I think making sure that you try to 
kind of take a more of a team approach just because technology is moving so fast. Um, you know, sustaining these systems is 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 uh, is is a key part of the cost. It's not just all about upfront cost and put something on the line and, and setting it for get in for leaving it in, in on the line. So I think the partnership and the teamwork is key. I think the other thing to 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 consider is, you know, is the technology really going to solve the business need? You know, going back to okay, what is the core business need that we're going to get solved? And don't get distracted throughout the process of technology deployment with the different other opportunities because you know you could start out saying okay our goal is to reduce uh the number of uh, employees that we have to have to staff this line and then all of a sudden they start going down the the project and the project scope creep you know goes after you know problem two problem three and all of a sudden it's it's turned into almost an impossible task or it's yeah. going to stretch out over multiple years so trying to keep that scope tight and that's always easy to say hard to do but I mean, the fun of this technology and of, of automation systems in general is that there's a lot of things they can solve, but keeping that priority on the original you know, business problem is, is, is one of the key challenges. And again, if we work together as a team, I think, I think that's the way to make it happen. And, and you know, I really like that Zebra is focused on that team approach. Yeah, to double down on that team aspect of it, right? I, I I think that's awesome too. One of the best approaches is to go at it with a team. Zebra has RFID, they have robotics, they have environmental sensors and all these other front edge devices. Is is all that being under the Zebra, Zebra umbrella, you know, that one Zebra team, is that an advantage you see as opposed to going and try to wrangle three or four different vendors to try to solve a solution? Having that one one bat signal, if you will. Let's throw up the zebra signal. Let's get all the zebra people in here to try to solve the solution. Is, is that what customers are, are looking for today? Yeah, I think that 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 definitely provides an advantage. And I, I think the reason it provides an advantage is because, you know, we, you know, two, two things probably. One, we're not going to just push a single technology to solve an application if we know that it, that another technology is a better way to solve the application, right? If if we know that RFID is a better solution than say code reading or machine vision, we're gonna we're gonna help the customer to make that decision. Whereas, you know, other other companies that maybe only have a single technology, you know, that's that's the only technology they're gonna push and they're gonna push and push until they, you know, either fail or or create a suboptimal solution. I think that's one, but you know, maybe more, even more importantly than that is because we have these technologies within within our business, we have subject matter expertise in certain areas. And you and I maybe aren't aren't necessarily experts in 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 mobile computing, for example, but we know of people within Zebra that we can go to that are experts in this, and that could create you know a a mobile computing solution that that gives you know complete plant visibility and can work with different system integrators. So that's part of the beauty of, of kind of having these technologies within one company is not only do we have the technology, we have these subject matter expertise experts that we can go, you know, connect with and, and help the customer to, to co-create a solution as a team. And I think that's uh, that's a huge advantage that we have and, and can really be part of that partnership again with our customers of, of choosing the right technology to, to solve their, their, their challenges. I know that's one of my favorite parts is because, you know, we have all these expertise and we look, we look at things a certain way. They look at things a different way and you start combining those outlooks and you can create new things and, and do a lot of innovation. So that's, that's really cool. 
Um, last couple of questions. They're, they're going to be a challenge. I, I know you've only been here a short time and you've been busy, and I, uh, but I, I, everyone wants to know the answers, right? So uh, <laughs> Matrox you know, has been in the business for over 20 years, and Zebra's kind of the new kid on the block. <laughs> but we're starting to, uh, to integrate now, right? And, 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 and things are coming you know, full, full together. Right. So what do you think, you know, from your short time, just from from a high level, what's the greatest benefit of, of taking a, a company that's been a powerhouse in, in the in the industry, you know, combining it to the power of Zebra? I, I think we've kind of answered some of these already, but but you know, what, what do you think? What's that powerhouse feel look like? What, what's that message to the, those who ask this question all the time? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. I think, you know, fundamentally, you know, Zebra comes from a background of uh, creating extremely reliable uh, systems and solutions that that meet customers' needs and 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 uh, and will you know partner with with uh, integrators and and uh, others to to create those solutions. And I think you know Matrox comes from a place of extremely advanced technology and you know, vision without limits, as as we had said. And so if you bring those two together, ultimately we've created a team of both uh, advanced technology and uh, capability and a very uh, broad suite of, of products and, and, and software. Um, you know, don't forget the adaptive vision acquisition that we made. Bringing all those pieces together uh, allows us to create solutions for our customers that are unique, right? And and. They're not unique because you know necessarily there's anything from the technology perspective. I think it's much more about the team. Going back to kind of my first answer is, you know, the the team that we can bring together, you know, across the world from from different perspectives, uh, is is a really exciting uh, opportunity for us. And you know, I think our team is of course within Zebra, but it extends to those other. Uh, pieces, both our partners and our customers, and working together to to solve those applications. You know what what I think we'll see going forward is is we'll see, you know, our R and D teams continue to evolve that technology, continue to be on the cutting edge, but also make those technologies more applicable to the market and to the applications that we're trying to solve. Uh, making sure that you know we can create uh, a, a a suite of products and capabilities that work seamlessly together. Of course, the first step is is to do that within our vision portfolio. And we've seen, you know, recently we've we've kind of rebranded everything under the Aurora uh, 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 badging and in our machine vision capabilities, and we'll continue to bring those pieces together. So we've kind of got that end to end scalable solution within machine vision. And then evolving that to the entire Zebra portfolio and deploying, you know, technologies machine vision is both a product and an enabling technology, right? So we'll use that as an enabling technology in other parts of our business, whether it's in our mobile computing or printing, other areas where we can create, uh, you know, greater solutions for for our customers. So really excited about that kind of opportunity. And like you say, I think we're just getting started in some ways on, on that journey. Um, and I, I know that that we'll be successful because we've got a great team. That's awesome. Uh, last question. Again, another one. Everyone wants to know what's next, right? So everyone's talking about 3D deep learning and AI. Uh, are, are those next, or is there some new technology? Without giving away all the secrets and things you know you want to work on and drive us for, what's your vision for the next uh, next few months, next six months, if you will, to a year? 
Yeah, I, th I mean, certainly, uh, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about, you know, different uh, camera technologies, different sensor technologies, um, you know, wavelengths of light and whatnot, that there's some exciting things happening there. Absolutely, 3D vision is an area that we see, you know, growing and, and the applications. It's another tool in the toolbox and, and the cost of, of deploying the systems is coming down. So as we invest in that, I think we'll make it uh, available to our customers to be able to uh, deploy those systems and and have the business case to, to solve applications using 3D. Same thing with AI and deep learning, right? Um, we'll, we'll be able to create solutions uh, like we talked just briefly earlier about kind of our deep learning OCR capabilities and how you know, that's a new capability. I think uh, one of the things that I come back to, and, you know, it's been around for a long time, right, is, is this whole perspective of the connected device and, and, and IoT, right? So the ability for us to take data from the line level, bring that up to the appropriate level, whether that's the edge, the cloud, where, you know, somewhere in between, and be able to grab that intelligence and make a good business decision on it is a really exciting opportunity and you know certainly having the uh, technologies like rfid barcode scanning and now machine vision in our portfolio to bring that data together and to help our customers make decisions on that is is a, is an exciting uh, opportunity for us so providing that visibility the data itself the decision making those are some of the areas where we'll definitely be investing in, in addition to kind of the core technologies of uh, 3D vision, deep learning, AI. Well, that's exciting because that's just, it tells the whole story, right? It, it, it tells where we are, where we're going, and the technologies we have, the toolbox you mentioned, right? The future proofing, the modularity, it, it sounds like it's all part of that vision and that goal moving forward. Yeah, should be fun. So Andy, I, I can't thank you enough. This has been outstanding, uh, very insightful. I've learned so much and hopefully the listeners have as well. Uh, for all the listeners out there, this was the Industrial Automation Podcast. It's a monthly podcast. So feel free to go back and check out the past episodes and feel free to tune back in every month uh, for the next one, right? Maybe uh, maybe we'll have to have Andy on every time because he's so, he's so great to listen to, Andy. Um, again, thank you so much. And uh, we'll uh, we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it.